Hello, and welcome to the first episode of my podcast of Breaking the Stigma and Mental Health in Sport. My name is Jillian Humphrey, and I am a Division Three collegiate runner. My biggest struggle about this is that I'm going to say um in like every couple of sentences because for some reason I'm nervous <laughs> to do this. So please bear with me as I'm learning the inner workings of podcasting. A little bit about me is that I've been running since seventh grade. I'm now a freshman in college, so six, seven years. Um, the biggest, oh, there's the um. <laughs> the, my biggest inspiration and reason for starting running was because my dad was and still is a very accomplished runner. He is so humble and just so disciplined, and it's very inspiring to me how he's now 56, and he still just finds a way to get himself out the door every single day to go for a run. And he just loves it. And I aspire to love it as much as he does one day. So that is how I got into the sport. Um, a little bit more background. This is kind of geared more towards the podcast category, I guess. Um, is that I've been a mental health advocate for years now. I've just recently become part of the though, which is the Hidden Opponent, a nonprofit organization working to break the stigma of mental health of mental health in athletes. It's a great community to be a part of. Um, it's nice to be, you know, working with people, learning experience about how we can help others, help our teammates, help our friends, and just overall people who have similar struggles to us. Um, but this episode, I kind of just wanted to talk about my story, my experience with depression, anxiety, specifically in sport. But I also hope this this podcast can reach people who aren't athletes just to have struggled and maybe can take away something from this. So I guess where to start <laughs> is I just like to add a bit of a trigger warning, I guess. I would like to get into some conversation that might be difficult for some to pe some people to hear excuse me um including self-harm depression anxiety um but yeah so if you think those topics may potentially trigger you i advise you not to listen to this episode but definitely tune in for other episodes that don't have that trigger warning because i promise this this podcast is definitely not all about me so i guess we'll just get into it so I had done a podcast with my friend Ian, and his YouTube channel is Ian McQueenie, if you want to go watch that. He is a great friend of mine that allowed me to be on his podcast, which I was super grateful, but I was also really nervous when I did it, so I don't think I was able to like portray everything I wanted to say, and that kind of inspired me to make my own, because honestly, I am a talker, and there is so much I want to talk about. And I guess the main goal of the podcast is that if I can help one person, then that's one more person than I may have helped before. And that's all I really want out of this. So, yeah. So for the eighth time of me repeating myself, this is just my experience and my struggles that I've dealt with. And I'm just telling you this in hopes that somebody maybe doesn't feel alone. Maybe they relate to my struggles. But, yeah. So I guess specifically depression I started feeling symptoms of that mostly ninth grade um in high school and I 
I don't know really where it came from or how it started because like I highlighted in, in Ian's podcast, I've I've been very fortunate all of my life. I have two amazing parents and I've had my whole life surrounded by siblings. I have got four amazing siblings, Brady, Ryan, Evan, and Abby. Uh, I couldn't imagine growing up without them. I'm the youngest of five. So, I mean, as they'd say, I'm the spoiled child, but I think we all, <laughs> we're all a little spoiled, but um, they're amazing. I love them all. So, like I said, like I have a great family. I'm fortunate enough to have a roof over my head, which at the end of the day, like I had the basic necessities. Um, I had a lot of fun in school. I had amazing friends. Um, so yeah, it's like, it's very easy to see somebody like that and be like, oh, they have it all. Like they, they would have no idea what I'm going through, which I think like there's a stigma around that as well. So I know it's, it's easy to look at look at somebody from the outside and, and not really understand how they could be so depressed or what's so wrong. But I think that just goes to show that like you, you could seem so happy but nobody really knows what's going in on on the inside so yeah um I guess I was always always <laughs> sorry I don't know why I'm nervous but I was always involved in sports I played like I started in ASO just like everybody else I feel like soccer wise um in elementary school and I played up until my junior year of high school um so I always had that competitive spirit that which which came from soccer um and then I I decided that running would be maybe something I could be better at than soccer I don't think I was I was bad but that's definitely where a lot of my my problems with self-doubt stemmed from just because of you know myself um but I guess we will start with my soccer experience so like I said, I started at a young age and it was just fun. I was I was competitive from like the get-go. I think I started when I was like 6, 7. So, honestly, a little later than most people probably did at, when we were little with ASO, but I loved it. I loved that I could just run as fast as I could and try to chase down the ball. <laughs> it was just fun for me and I kept that love for years. I don't think I ever would have imagined that I wouldn't be playing now in college i i figured then at least that's what i wanted to do and i think just as time went on and as i got older i really struggled with picking myself apart in every game every practice i know specifically in at the end of middle school and early high school it was just so much for me to handle because i mean i was running at the time as well on top of that but that's when i think sports just became not fun for me anymore and it was nothing anybody else did like I loved my teammates I loved my coaches it's it's never been an issue of anybody else and I think that's when my internal battles just started so I always I remember like I would come home from practice and just sob I would get in the car and just sob after soccer practice and it's just like I, I had these these voices in my own head telling me like you suck you did this wrong you did that wrong you don't belong on the team just a bunch of negativity rushing through my brain through the practice, after the practice, and it just became something that I was forcing myself to continue with, and I wasn't doing anything to really help myself, like, fall in love with the sport again, and so 
I started to fade out of it for a while. I stopped playing for about a year, and then I came back to it in junior year and just tried to have fun. And it was fun, but at the end of the day, it's still, I had that that anxiousness when I would, when I would start. I remember in specifically middle school, I used to ask my coach to not start me because I didn't want to I don't honestly know why I did that. I think I was just scared to to initially set kind of a bad tone for the game. Like if I made a mistake, I'd be like, oh, well, the game's over because I, I did the littlest thing wrong. And I think I just really, I was just really hard on myself. And I think obviously I still am, but that's, I guess, where my issues with self-doubt started. Um, so yeah, I just kind of let the fun of sport be taken away from me so early on. And I've continued to struggle with that up until college. So I ran modified track in seventh grade, and then I was lucky enough to run varsity cross country and track the following year. And I think having those expectations given to you, which I mean, they were kind of in my own head, but I felt like I was put on this pedestal, like I need to live up to these expectations to be on varsity as like a 12, 13 year old. And I guess that's where the pressure started with running on myself was. So I I loved it. And I, I think eighth grade and ninth grade were really hard for me in general, running aside. So I think it was just building a really hard relationship with sport at 13, 14 years old. So, sorry, I feel like I'm rambling and I get off track so easily, but <laughs> I promise it all ties in somewhere. But ninth grade is where I really felt myself just kind of fall apart. I remember maybe in the middle of the school year, definitely winter, I mean, seasonal depression is real. And to an extent, I'm sure it was that, but I was just so far deep into this hole that I was really trying to dig myself out of. But at the same time, now that I look back on it, I was doing absolutely nothing to help myself. At at the time, I had three amazing friends who, honestly, I put way too much on. I would kind of go to them for everything. And my really, really low points, I would look to these other 13, 14-year-olds who you know, they're still learning about the world themselves. And I just kind of laid everything down on them. I was kind of afraid to tell my parents, just afraid to talk to anybody, honestly. Like, I know they would be so understanding and everything, but I was just scared. And I didn't really know what the feelings were and why I was feeling like that. And I started to think, like, I'm stuck like this. I'm like, I'm going to be this sad forever. And I began, again, trigger warning, I began to self-harm for two two and a half years straight and for a while I went to my friends about it and I told them like you know don't tell anybody and they didn't because they didn't want to risk like my friendship but I did have a friend who like ended up reaching out to the, the school guidance office and that's when it kind of carried on to my parents and I went to my cross-country coach because he noticed like something was really off like nobody should be coming to a ninth grade cross-country practice in tears at the start and tears during a workout and tears at the finish just like absolutely distraught every single day like that nobody's gonna have fun around that person and I hated that I was that person um, I was just feeling so much in 
at such like a random time. Like I felt like I was so happy every, I was always that like super bubbly person growing up. And all of a sudden I'm like, like sadness from that one movie with all the little emotion people. But like, that's what it feels like to me. Like I was, um, so it was just really hard. It was really hard to enjoy myself. It was hard to enjoy my time that now I realize went by so fast because I was just so in my head and thought like, wow, this is going to be what my life is forever. And so I eventually got put into therapy and I was scared. I'm not going to lie. I was so scared because this was something I was trying to keep from people like the self-harm. And once it finally got back to like my parents and therapists, I felt like I felt even more silenced in a way just because I let my own kind of scaredness get the best of me. So therapy really wasn't beneficial for me at the time because I wasn't honest and I kind of lied about how, you know, I was feeling because I was just worried, like, what if I tell the truth? What if I get sent somewhere? And that was talked about a couple of times going to um, inpatient care just because self-harm isn't normal. I don't think anybody should ever have to go through that, no matter who they are. That's It's a horrible feeling to feel like you have to inflict pain on yourself because you deserve it. And I guess that's my best explanation for why, unfortunately, I participated in that is because I felt like, oh, I'm, I don't deserve to be here. I don't deserve anything. I deserve to feel pain. And yeah, that is as sad as that sounds for a 13, 14 year old girl, that is what I struggled with for a really long time. Um, so that's, I guess, kind of like the basics of my story. And I have struggled with depression and anxiety for like since then, since ninth grade. And I guess I've just learned different ways to cope and better ways to handle myself instead of, you know, inflicting harm on myself. And that is kind of why I wanted to join a hidden opponent as a camp- campus captain and I want to be a mental health advocate. I want to do everything I can to, you know, share my story, share ways to, you know, healthily cope and just be a better person, live a happier life and all that jazz. So, yeah, so that's that's the sad stuff, but the reason I wanted to do this again was to show how things got better. So, since then, I have been self-harm free for 27 months, almost 28 months, which is so crazy. I think a lot of the times I look past that. I'm like, oh, whatever. Like, no, I look back to like when I was having those struggles and having those, you know, suicidal thoughts and self-harm thoughts. I was really, I was really sad. I was really depressed. It was not normal. And now to look back on that and be like, wow, I can't believe I was doing that. It's it's a really big accomplishment in my eyes. And yeah, so now I am a freshman in college, which again, doesn't seem big maybe to some people. But to me at the time, I, I didn't think I'd be alive like the next year. And that breaks my heart to say that because of how many memories and amazing people I've encountered in the past you know four or five years and it just goes to show that like somebody can be in a really dark place somebody cannot want to be alive and they will make it through you just gotta keep going 
things do get better as cliche as it sounds you just gotta stay consistent with telling yourself that and surround yourself with people that you love and support you but yeah and I feel like all of this is making no sense and I'm kind of rambling but like again this is just my introduction my first episode so as as the podcast goes on I'd like to get more in depth with kind of my opinion on things like like therapy for example I'd love to talk about the effectiveness of therapy and I think therapy is a big thing of you get out what you put in so yeah I'd love to talk about that I'd love to talk about sports specifically with mental health I'd love to have some of my past teammates my new teammates on the podcast to talk about their experience and their struggles because at the end of the day we're all in this together you know like running is really hard sports are really hard life is really hard at the end of the day <laughs> so I think I just said at the end of the day twice but I don't even remember but yeah so I'm running now I'm running in western New York and I I'm living a completely different life than I was a year ago and I think that is beautiful I think change is beautiful I'm really lucky to have the opportunity to compete doesn't matter the level I'm really lucky to be here I'm happy to be alive and I think that's the biggest thing so thank you for listening to a little bit of my story and I hope to share more of my experience in later episodes but remember to do your part in breaking the stigma get the conversation going and love one another thank you for listening and i hope to see you in my next episode